You're listening to audio from Queen City Church. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message will encourage you and offer practical steps for a relationship with God that keeps getting better and better. We are starting a brand new three-week series called Why We Exist. And I want you to know straight off the bat that this is a fundamental teaching of Christianity. And really it is one of the pillars. It is a massive part of who we are as a church. And it's been a massive part, even before we started our church, all the way up until today, this has been a massive part of our church. And our theme verse comes from Matthew chapter 28, uh, starting in verse 19, where Jesus himself says this, Jesus says, therefore go, don't just gather, I know a lot of Christians like to gather. Let's gather, let's, let's, let's gather, let's gather. He says, no, don't gather, go. He says, go and make disciples. Now, now that word disciple isn't one that we use a whole lot in today's culture. And a more modern way to say that is, is really this word apprentice. In other words, like a disciple is someone who decides themselves to be an apprentice of Jesus, like learning and following his ways. And Jesus says, hey, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations. By the way, that's everybody. He's saying anybody with a pulse, this applies to, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, our next baptism service, Baptism Sunday will be September 18th, which is our four year birthday. We always love to party with, with baptisms. And so if you've never been water baptized and you'd like to do that, you can let us know in that connection card or our website. And he says, I want you to baptize people. But then he goes on to say this, and then teach these new disciples. Like just don't reach them, but then teach them to obey all the commands that I've given you and be sure of this. And I love this part of these few verses. He says, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. In in other words, he's saying, church, I'm asking you to do these things, but you don't have to do them alone. He says, I will be with you every single step of the way. Now these verses, are commonly known as the Great Commission. At the top of my Bible in this section, it says the Great Commission. And by the way, it is the Great Commission, not the Great Suggestion. Um, And uh, because this is the mission that Jesus himself gives us. And here's what I wanna make crystal clear. That mission, the Great Commission, is why we exist as a church. This is why we exist. In fact, our mission as a church, really all it is, is our way of articulating and communicating the Great Commission. And here's, here's our mission. It's why we exist. We exist to reach all people and to teach them to have a relationship with God that gets better and better. That is why we exist. We exist to reach all people and to teach them to have a relationship with God that gets better and better. And maybe some of you are new to our church, 
Maybe you're kind of kicking the tires right now. Maybe you've been like two or three weeks. Maybe this is your very first time at our church. Welcome. We are so glad that you are here. We hope that you feel home. But even if you are here for the first time, I just want you to know this is why we exist. This is our mission. But I also want to remind some people in here that maybe some OGs that have been around since launch Sunday, maybe you were on the original launch team, or maybe you've been around for three, four years, coming up on four years. I just wanna remind you, because I think it's so easy for us to drift. This is why we exist. We exist to reach all people and to teach them to have a relationship with God that gets better and better. And let me just go ahead and tell you these, this three week series is your official invitation to get in on the game to be able to say, I'm in. Like, I, I want to be able to say, that's me. And by the way, there are no sidelines in Christianity. If you are on the team, you are in the game. It's how it works. In fact, if you are a follower of Jesus, you need to know this, you exist to live on mission. That is not just for the role of a church or an organization, that applies to you too. If you are a follower of Jesus, you exist to live on mission. And let me just go ahead and tell you, that includes you. And here's what I know is that it's so easy to hear something like this and say, yeah, that applies to everybody else, but not me. But let me tell you, this doesn't apply just simply to people who stand on stages and people who hold microphones yeah. and people who use their gift this way. It's not just for me. Like this is for you. Like this right here, that, that applies to you. That it doesn't matter your skill set. It doesn't matter your level of experience. Doesn't matter if you've been following Jesus for like 10 years or if you've been following Jesus for 10 days. That right there applies to you. Like no matter what your job is, no matter what your career is, no matter how you get money, like that applies to you, like to you. And I think it's so important for us to grasp this today that this isn't just for certain personality types. This isn't just for certain numbers on the Enneagram. <laughs> it's for all of us. Guys, like, it's not just for extroverts. It's not just for people who like, man, I, I just, I can't wait to be around people and I can't wait to talk. No, introverts, you too. I'm with you, by the way. Hi, introvert, this guy right here. Listen, it doesn't matter your age. This applies to you. You are not too young for that to apply to you. Sir, ma'am, you are not too old for this to not apply to you anymore. This applies to each and every one of, her, one of us that if you are a follower of Jesus, if you've made the decision to give him your life, to receive the free gift of grace, you, you exist to live on mission. And I'm unapologetically calling our church back to our mission. I'm calling you back to why you exist. I'm calling us back to the Great Commission, to our mission as a church. And maybe if you've drifted, and I think it's been so easy for us to drift over the last two plus years, 
Because there's been so many things that have occupied our mind and deserved our attention. And what could be the result of that is we may have drifted from this. And listen, if that's you, feel zero condemnation. I want you to know shame off of you. But today I'm saying it is time to get back on our mission. Because if you are a follower of Jesus, you exist to live on mission. It's why we exist. It's time to get back on mission because the world desperately needs you to be on mission. Like our city, your neighborhood, the people that you work with, your family, your friends, the circles that God has placed you in. Like our world needs you to be on mission now more than ever because the world is full of broken, hurting, lonely, empty, lost people who are far from God, who desperately need some good news. And let me just make it just a little bit more personal because I think it's easy to think the world, your world, your world needs you to be on mission. Like God has strategically placed each and every one of you right where you're at. And your world has some people that are broken, who are hurting, who are lonely, who are empty, who are lost and far from God, who desperately need Jesus and who desperately need you this afternoon, tomorrow at work to live on mission. Now the theological word for this the good churchy Christianese word for this is this word evangelism. How many of you have ever heard of this word evangelism? Okay, yes. You use it a lot in your everyday world, right? Yes, just it's a wonderful evangelism. Uh, now, I don't know what you picture when you hear that word. Because I don't know about you, but like I picture things. Whenever I hear certain words, there's things that come to my mind and I, I don't know about you, maybe for you, like one thing that, that you picture is, is you picture like preachers and maybe like preachers like the late great Billy Graham who just stood like in front of stadiums and just preached about Jesus and these crusades and these revivals. And maybe that's what you think of is you, you, think, of, you think of preachers. Maybe you think of televangelists on Christian TV and you're just like channel serving late at night and you could stumble across some people with bright suits and big hair and runny makeup because they're crying a lot. Maybe that's what you picture when you think of evangelism. Maybe you picture like the bullhorn guy. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I know the last time I went to a Bengals game, there was a bullhorn guy that was there. And I was like, who invited you, man? Like, <laughs> it's like this obnoxious, angry guy yelling at people in a public place, I guarantee you was not invited to be at and just screaming, just encouraging things like the end is near and uh, like you're on the highway to hell and repent you bunch of sinners and turn or burn. How many ever heard that one? Just turn or burn. I heard this one recently, get right or get left. Um, Let me just say this right here. By the way, the Bible says that it's God's kindness that leads people to repentance. Just, 
just so you guys know that. Um, maybe you picture the bullhorn guy. Maybe for you, you picture uh, cold call sales. It's like where you just, okay, let's go door knocking. That's what, that's what I grew up, that's what it's called. We're going door knocking. And we're gonna go and we're gonna just canvas some neighborhoods and we're gonna knock on people's door. We're gonna have some really awkward conversations and pass out tracks. Come on, we're my old school people that know about tracks. And we're gonna go to complete strangers and just start conversation like, do you know where you would spend eternity if you died today? You know, just normal conversation starters. And um, in, in this picture, uh, this is not accurate. I don't know if you've ever done it, uh, but typically there's not, uh, they're not that happy uh, to see you whenever you come. I mean, the, the man with the scorpion tattoo is so excited to be able to hear whatever those young men are sharing with them. Um, in my experience, and I've done this before, um, I don't like it, by the way, I don't like it, and we're not gonna do this as a church, just so you know. Um, um, I, 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 don't, I don't like this, but because here's the normal reaction, like when I've done it, it's more like that, like, <laughs> it's kind of like just barely peeking out, like I do not trust you, what are you selling? Um, but none of that is what evangelism means. Paul S. Reese, he, 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 he describes evangelism as the widening of the circle of faith so that it includes more and more people who transformedly trusted Jesus as savior. I love that. But let me make it even more simple. Evangelism at its simplest form is just sharing good news. That's evangelism. Evangelism is sharing good news. Now here's the thing, the gospel, the message of Jesus one of the things that it's commonly known as is the good news. So evangelism is sharing the gospel, is sharing the message of Jesus. And let me just make this crystal clear, just in case the bullhorn guy has made it very confusing. The gospel is always good news. It's never bad news. The fact that God loved us so much that he sent his one and only son to die on a cross, to pay for our sins, something we could never do for ourselves just for the chance that we would have relationship with him. That, my friends, is always good news, always. But let's be real. I'm always a big believer, and let's, let's just be straight up. It is so much easier to amen that in church than it is to live that out there. And it's my job over the next few weeks to show you practically how to live your life, regardless of what you do, regardless of your age, regardless of how long you've been following Jesus. It's my job to show you over the next two weeks. So these messages are gonna build off each other to show you how to practically live your life on mission. But before we talk about how, I want to show you why you should live on mission. And today we're gonna to answer this question, which is the title of my message today, if you're taking notes, and it's why is it so important? Like why? If we're gonna talk about this, if we're gonna set aside three weeks, a whole sermon series to talk about this, why is it so important 
for you and I to live our life on mission, to live the way that God created us to exist. And there's this principle that I've found to be so true in so many areas of my life. And here's why we have to talk about it. Because when we lose our why, we lose our way. I found that to be so true in so many areas of my life. But when we lose our why, when we forget why things are so important, it's so easy for us to drift from the things that we should be doing and to drift towards things that we shouldn't be doing. And so that's why we gotta talk about it. So let me give you, before we end, four reasons why it's so important for you to live on mission. Four reasons, and here's number one, because Jesus said to. And truthfully, we could just shut it down right now. I could just give you that one and let's go crush the buffet at Jason's Deli, okay? (laughs) And say, let's just end this thing early because Jesus said to. Now check out this verse. I I, I read this this week in my devos. I actually read it yesterday and I was like, oh, I gotta add this because it's something that I've never seen before. And in Hebrews chapter three, verse six, the Bible says, but Christ, that's Jesus, as the son, he's in charge of God's entire house. Cool, that's great. Well, what's God's entire house? And we are God's house. So here's what this means. That means if you have said yes to Jesus, that he is in charge of your life. That's what that means. It means that he is in charge. The theological word for this is Lord. It's this, it's this word that means that he's in charge, that he's the boss. Like what he says goes, he gets to call the shots, not you. And when he tells us to do something, our answer is yes, sir. And he tells us in Matthew 28, this great commission. He says, I have a mission for you right here, right now to go and to make disciples of every person on planet earth every person in your city and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And I'm telling you today, I have a burden to remind you that we are not just called to love Jesus. We're not just called just to only worship Jesus and to gather in rooms and lift up the name of Jesus. That we're not called just to admire Jesus or to not even just to learn from Jesus. Listen, we are called to follow Jesus, to follow his examples and his ways, to live how he lived, to do what he did, to care about what he cares about and to do what he says. And he says, hey guys, you wanna know why you exist? You exist to reach all people and to teach them to have a relationship with God that gets better and better. Listen. Jesus doesn't passively suggest that we live on mission. He commands it. So why? Well, the first and foremost, it's because Jesus said to. Here's the second reason, is because it is necessary. Like this isn't an option. This is a necessity and here's why. Because heaven and hell are realities. Like they're real places and every person breathing will really go to one of them for eternity. And we don't just wanna grow 
and reach people just to get bigger. Like we wanna grow, we wanna reach people because heaven and hell are real. And as long as there is lost and broken and hurting people in our city, in our circles that don't know Jesus, that demands that we live our life on mission in the church. By the way, when I say the church, let's just make sure we're all on the same page. I'm not talking about a building, which is good for us because we don't own one. If you know of one, let me know. The church isn't a building. It's not an organization, it's not a 501c3. The church is the people of God. The church is you, the church is me. And, he, and here's, what, here's what Jesus says, the church, the people of God are commissioned to carry the good news of Jesus to this world. Like we are God's plan. And in Romans chapter 10, Verse 13 through 15, it says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And please, I want you to right now, picture somebody in your mind, in your circle, in your life that doesn't know Jesus right now and imagine them experiencing that promise. I want you to imagine them saying yes, to call on the name of the Lord and they will be saved. That is a promise. But then it goes on and he switches the focus. He says, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him. And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? Let me just put it this way. Maybe they haven't heard about him accurately. And how can they hear about him unless someone that's in their life that loves them, tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without hearing a three-week sermon series from an amazing pastor to be able to equip you so that you can be sent into your world to do this. And then the apostle Paul, he, he quotes the Old Testament book of Isaiah and he says, that's why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. Now there are some circles of faith and Christianity that believe that God has everything already planned out. Like that he's already written a script and he's picked or predestined some to go to heaven and some to go to hell. And there's really nothing that you and I can do about it. So why even try? And in my humble opinion, I don't think that could be further from the truth. In fact, in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9, it says that the Lord isn't really being slow about his promises, some people think. No, he's being patient. Like he hasn't come back yet. He's being patient for your sake because he does not want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to repent. So why is it so important that you and I live our life on mission, well, because Jesus said to. Second, because it's necessary. And third, I love this one, because it's fun. It is fun. It is fun to live your life on mission. It is fun every single day to wake up and say, I know that I'm on mission. It is fun, like seeing life change, like seeing, seeing people experience freedom and miracles is fun. Seeing marriages restored is fun. 
Like seeing people get out of these spiritual funks that they've been in for a long time, that is fun. I'm telling you, seeing people meet Jesus is fun. In fact, I don't know if there's a bigger thrill in all of Christianity than knowing that you played a role in helping somebody go to heaven. And maybe you're at church today and you feel like you are just stuck spiritually. Maybe you feel like, man, I just feel like I've hit a plateau in my relationship with God. I feel like there's this glass ceiling that I keep hitting up against. I just feel like I'm stuck. Let me just go ahead and just tell you the greatest way that I know how to get spiritually unstuck is to live your life on mission. Go and reach somebody for Jesus. Share your faith. And I'm telling you, it is like rocket fuel for your relationship with God. Something will come alive on the inside of you. I dare you to try it and see what God does in your life. It truly is one of the most fulfilling things that you will ever experience. I'm telling you, this whole thing is so much better when it's not about you. It just is. It's just how we design, like how God designed it. It's like, it is so much better when it's not just about you whenever you're coming in and it's just to consume something. It's not, it's so much better when you're contributing to something. When you live your life on mission and, and as your pastor, if I don't teach you how truly fun that this is and also that you can do it, I'm telling you, I'm doing you a disservice because I'm robbing you of one of the greatest joys and the deepest fulfillments that you will ever experience. In 2 Corinthians chapter five, verse 17 through 19, we actually did a whole message over this in a series called Hello, My Name Is, where we talked about that you are an ambassador, like you represent Jesus every single place that you go. And we broke this down in full detail. So if you want more, go check that message out. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says this, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come and the old is gone, the new is here. And that's what's happened if you've made a decision to put your faith in Jesus. You don't become a better you, you become a new you. And, and he says, that's what happens. But then he says this, he says, all this is from God who reconciled us. Now that word reconciled, I underlined it because I wanna make sure that you understand in the original Greek language that this was written in, this is a term that is used a lot in finances. It's a financial term and one of the meanings of it is that it can mean to bring the balance to zero. It can mean to like pay off all your debt. And it says that that's what happened that God did that to us, to himself, because of the sin that we did that created a debt. And it said, how he paid for that is through Christ. And he gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, the debt is gone. And then he committed to us the message of reconciliation. That means once your balance has been brought to zero, once your debt has been paid, he says, I've got an assignment for you. I'm gonna give you the same message to tell other people that their debt can be brought down to zero, that their balance can be paid off. And he says, I've given you, once you've experienced that, now 
you have that message to be able to do that. And could you imagine having the secret to immediately wiping away every person's debt? Like just imagine if right now you could wipe away every person's debt in this room like that. Imagine that some of you right now are drowning in credit card debt. Just imagine if I was like, guess what guys? Credit card debt, gone. Some of you right now, you are paying for a piece of paper that you're gonna pay for for like 25 years in the student loans. Anybody? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got some student loans, okay. What if like right now today, you didn't have to pay an, another dime? Not just because you were rebellious and just trying to run from it, but because no, it's paid for, it's done, it's done. Do you know how much fun that would be? That if you had the ability to say, oh, you're dead, it can be gone today. Church, this is our Oprah moment. We say, your debt is gone and your debt is gone and your debt is gone and your debt is gone. That's what this passage of scripture says. It says, that's why you exist. It's to help people experience that. We can literally point people, not just figuratively, we can point people to something or to someone that wipes away their spiritual debt, that brings their balance to zero. And let me tell you, that's a whole lot of fun. So that's one of the reasons. But then the last one, and this is one that's just, I think just on my heart so much this week. The number four, the last reason is because, why should we? Because I once was lost. And I encourage you to make that personal for you right now. For you to say, why should I share? Because I once was lost. I kept thinking all week about those amazing, beautiful lyrics from Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound. That saved a wrench like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And in Psalm chapter 51, verse 12, the psalmist says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. And I think he says that because let's just be honest. It's so easy to forget. It's so easy to forget what he's done in our lives. It's so easy to forget that moment where our eternal destination changed. It's so easy to forget the moment where now we have access to the abundant full life that God has for you and me. And that verse says, restore to me the joy of your salvation. And all week long, I've been praying that verse over my life, just saying, God, will you help me remember? Will you help me remember? Just like that song that we sang that said, your goodness has been running after me my whole life. That there's never been one time where you haven't been good. There hasn't been one time where you haven't been faithful. There hasn't been one time where we haven't provided every single thing that I needed right here in that moment. Maybe not the way that I would choose, but I'm still here. And there's so many times where I've just started praying and asking God this week, like, will you restore that to me? Will you not let me forget? Will you not let it just become white noise? Will you not just let it become something that just becomes normal? But help me remember, will you restore to me 
And here's the truth, guys, and I mean this with all sincerity. The truth is I need Jesus more today than I ever have in my entire life. I am desperate for him. I am dependent on him. I need him as a husband. I need him as a father. I need him as a friend. I need him in what God's called me to do in my life. Like I'm not good enough and I know it. And I need God. I need God just, and you do too. You do too. You need him just as much, probably more than the day that you gave your life to him. Like we need God. My question is, do you remember your life before Jesus? I do. Like I was in a dark, dark place. I was miserable, empty, broken, no purpose, no future, no joy, no self-control, wrapped up in sin, addicted to secret sin, living two different lives, the very public church me, and then the very private me. And I was tired and exhausted because I spent all my energy trying to keep those two people separated so that nobody would know. And on top of that, I was angry. I was angry and ticked off because I couldn't save myself. I couldn't fix myself. I couldn't with hard work. I couldn't with just being more determined. I could not pull myself out of the hole that I was in. And that's the picture that God always gives me when I think about that season of my life. It's like I was in this muddy pit. And the more that I tried to get myself out of that pit, the more I just dug myself deeper and deeper and deeper into that pit. But then everything changed. On June 25th, 1999, even though I grew up in church, but the truth of the gospel on that day, it went from my head to my heart and it clicked and it made sense. And on that day in the bottom of that muddy pit, it's like I looked up and Jesus was there. He said, I've been here, son, the whole time. And if you want I can pull you out of that pit, something you can never do yourself, but I'm here. But you, it's your choice. You can keep trying to dig yourself out. And then this is just how me and Jesus talk sometimes. He goes, and how's that working for you? <laughs> and so on that day, I grabbed him. And like Psalm 40, verse two says, it says, he lifted me up out of the pit, out of the mud and the mire, and he set my feet on solid ground. And that's, that's what I experienced on June 25th, 1999. And I'm telling you, my life has never been the same. I remember my life before Jesus. So why do we live on mission? Why do we keep sharing Jesus? Why do we care? Why do we keep reaching lost people? Because, because Jesus never stopped reaching out for us. It's like, we have to, we have to. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14, this verse will absolutely wreck you if you let it. Because it says, for Christ's love, like what Jesus has done for us, the fact that he did what we could never do, what Christ's love for his love, it compels us. I love that word. It's so strong because it's like, I can't, I can't not do it. It compels, it drives me because we are convinced that one, that he died for all, 
The fact that Jesus, he died for me, he died for you. He died for every single person that you work with, every person that's on your team. That Jesus, he died, he gave up his life for the person that's gonna feed you food today. That he died for the person on the street that's gonna be panhandling at the light you pull up to today. That he died for those that don't look like you. He died for those who believe something different than you. That he died for those who don't act the way that you do. That he died for those that live in your neighborhood, the person that lives directly beside you. That he, he died for the person that is in your apartment complex that lives right above you, that just drives you crazy and you wanna get them, it's like, stop, be quiet. Like he died for them too. Like he died for all. He died for all. And I, it's like, I can't help it. I can't help it. I can't help it. Like Christ's love, like what he's done in my life, it compels me. It comp I, I can't not do it. But please hear me loud and clear, church. It's so important that you understand this. This series, what I'm talking about, it's not about being a big church. It's about making a big difference. And I'm praying that you get that. Because some of you, maybe you're thinking like, maybe you just don't know me. I get it. It takes a while to earn that. But I'm telling you full integrity, this is not about being a big church. It's not about filling rooms. It's not about, it's not about money. It's not about, it's, it's not about any of that. It's about making a big difference. I've committed full integrity in my heart, looking at all of you in the eyes that I will love people. I will not love crowds because crowds are made of people. And we've just made a decision unapologetically. This is not about being a big church, but it is about making a big difference. And that is so important to us. And so as long as there's breath in my lungs, as long as my heart is beating, as long as God has me on planet earth in this city, I will do everything possible to live on mission. Maybe you ask like, do we really need to reach more people? Absolutely. Aren't you content? Never. Isn't this church big enough? I like it better when it was just smaller and I knew everybody. Not as long as there's one person of the 2.1 million people in the greater Cincinnati area who is lost and far from God, who desperately need the good news of Jesus. As long as that's a fact, I've decided I will live my life on mission. It's why we exist. And I'm asking you, I'm calling you church and saying it's time. It is time. You can think of all the reasons why you can't, but I'm sitting here telling you from God's word, it's a mission from him. It's not a mission from me. It's a mission from Jesus. And he says, it's time. It's time to live your life on mission. It's why you exist. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes and just simply ask right here, right now, I'm asking you to stay to the very end. Don't move around. This is a holy moment.
And I'm asking you right now to pray and to ask God, God, what are you saying to me? I believe with all my heart that every single one of you are here right now. Every single one of you watching online right now are here and, and for a reason and God wants to speak to you. And so ask him, clear away all distractions and just ask God, God, what are you saying to me today? What are you speaking to me? Maybe ask him this, like what is, what is a way that I can personally respond to this message today? And I believe he's gonna give you something very specific, something, maybe something to do today, maybe something to do tomorrow when you go in to your office or when you jump on that Microsoft Teams Zoom call tomorrow, whatever the case is, I believe that, that God's saying, this is how you can live your life on mission. This is how you can be who I created you to be. But before we end today, maybe you're here and you don't have a relationship with God. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. You never received that free gift of grace and he is literally standing right now over the muddy pit of your life and saying, you want out? I got you. And we wanna give you that opportunity, whether it's for the very first time, maybe you've never made that decision or maybe you have in the past, but for whatever reason, you find yourself at church today and you're far from God. And today you need a fresh start. You just need to come back to him. You need to receive his, his grace and his forgiveness and his love all over again. And we're not gonna point you out not make you come forward or embarrass you in any way. Here's all I wanna do. I wanna lead you in a simple prayer. And if you wanna be included in that prayer, if today you know that your response, before you start to live your life on mission, you know that you need to get right with God. If you're here and that's you, I'm gonna to count to three and I don't want you to hesitate and I want you to put your hand in the air and say, include me in, in that prayer. I, I need to get right with God today. If you're here and that's you on the count of three, would you have the courage to put your hand up in the air? One, two, three, if that's you, I got you, I got you. That's awesome. Anybody else? I got you, I got you. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing, amazing. Anybody else? Praise God, proud of you, proud of you. You can put your hand down. Just pray something like this in your heart. Just say, Jesus, I love you, I need you, and I'm sorry. I repent, I change my mind, I change my direction. I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. Right now, I invite you into my life. I grab your hand and let you pull me up out of the pit that I've got myself into. And will you change me? Will you make me a completely brand new person like that scripture said? And right now, God, I give you my life, everything. I surrender everything to you and I receive your grace. I receive your love and your forgiveness. I, I leave this place different than how I walked in. And today I choose not to follow my ways anymore, but I choose to let you be the Lord of my life. I choose to follow you. We thank you so much for the amazing gift of Jesus. And it's through Jesus that we pray. And everybody said, amen. Church, can you do me a favor? Can you clap your hands? Come on and welcome the newest people of God's people. It's awesome. 
If there is anything in your life that we can pray for, please visit queencitypeople.com slash prayer. For the latest updates on our church, follow us on social media at queencitypeople or visit queencitypeople.com.